Micah chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Micah the Moorishite. What he saw regarding Samaria and Jerusalem in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Verse 1 gives us the name of the author, the place the author was from, the time frame as to when the book was written, as well as the contents of the book. At the conscious level, this is a sufficient amount of information for us to have an accurate view as to what is happening when we read through the book of Micah. However, though this be true, I would like us to take note as to who the initiator was for the writing of this book. Micah did nothing more than to repeat what the Bible tells us there in verse 1, the word of the Lord that came to Micah. It was the spoken word of the living God of the Bible that prompted Micah to speak the words of the book of Micah. This information alone gives us the confidence that what we are about to read is true, accurate, and reliable information that can be proven with evidence from either what is already past or what is presently happening in our lives today. For me, this one little piece of information is extremely valuable to and for the reliability of anything that will be said thereafter. The word of the Lord that came to Micah. Allow me the attempt to convince you as to what I am telling you by pointing out to you what I have observed as the most obvious within everyday living. It is the word of the Lord that is true, nothing or no one else is. Look at the state of the world that we are living in today. Look at what is happening to the societies of the people as a whole. Humans who are all created in the image of this very Lord and God that has prompted the recording, the documentation of this very book we are about to read through together. The book of Micah. Throughout the world, governments are lying to each other, and what is worse, but that they are lying to the very people that they govern. It is no wonder that the very people that they govern have learned to lie to their fellow man, one to another. During the era before the living God of the Bible called Micah to bring warning to the divided land of Israel and Judah, it was a small breeder of sheep named Amos that was sent with the same message of warning during a time when the land was at its peak in prosperity under the ruling king of Jeroboam. I'm sorry, under the ruling king of Jeroboam II. However, during this time of prosperity and wealth, the people allowed it to transform them as they followed their own hearts, which is the action that always leads away from God and toward complete and utter wickedness. 
It was said through the prophet Jeremiah, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Jeremiah 17.9. The accuracy of history tells us that the rich were mistreating the poor by cheating them out of their lands and livelihood. The willful decisions of God's people transformed blessing into curse. What was a blessed land became a land of swearing, stealing, injustice, oppression, robbery, adultery, and murder. That information was partly taken from William MacDonald. These conditions are a lot like what we see the world to be today. And why is that? But for no other reason than what it was back in these times that we are reading about now through the book of Micah. The people chose to follow other gods other than the living God of the Bible, and their leaders encouraged it by not leading them against it, because they themselves were also doing it. Today, the word of the Lord is being removed from every governing position, ranging from nations to the very churches that the people have to go to. This is happening everywhere in the world, not just in Mauritius. In the book of Proverbs, it reads this, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. That would be the New King James Version. I like that one, but I also like this version in the Christian Standard Bible. The same verse will read this. Without revelation, people run wild. But one who follows divine instruction will be happy. Proverbs 29, 18. It is so important for the stability of the foundation of a Christian to read through the Word of God, the Bible. And what is more is the actual application to its instruction given to us and confirmed by the very Word of God Himself, Jesus the Christ. Where the truth of His Word is not forced upon us, but rather explained to us by and with actual evidence. In the world today, the definitions of words and their meanings are being rewritten to have strange and unrelated understandings. Lies. All lies. And that can only lead to a sinister purpose. Jesus told the religious leaders of his day, there in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 44. He said, You are of your father the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature, because he is a liar and the father of lies. It was Adolf Hitler's minister of propaganda. We all know who Adolf Hitler was. Joseph Kobel, who said this, 
If you repeat a lie often enough, it does in fact become accepted as truth. With me, you can steal my belongings. You can attempt to beat me. And these things really don't resonate with me for very long. Sometimes not at all. But when you lie to me, I have a real problem in dealing with that. There is something about a lie that just does something to me. It does something to me personally. When I tell a lie, I find myself not being myself. I am very out of sorts. I feel like Jonah when he was running away from God and his plan for him. So it is that when I read from the very start of the book of Micah these words, the word of the Lord that came to Micah, I am confident that I am not going to be lied to. Because the Bible tells us there in the epistle of Paul the Apostle to Titus chapter 1. Let me read it for you. It reads this. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. Paul writes to Titus, telling him the truth. God cannot lie. Let's read together through the book of Micah and absorb for our benefit and the benefit of all those around us the truth of God's word. The book of Micah. The key verse to the book of Micah will be chapter 6, verse 8. It reads, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord re require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah's name is short from Micaiah, which means who is like Yahweh. Who is like Yehovah? Morsheth was located on the Philistine border. This is where Micah was from. It was near Gath. You remember where Gath was, and that was where Goliath the giant was, whom David killed. It was about 25 to 30 miles, or 45 to 50 kilometers southwest of Jerusalem. At the time that Micah was called by God to the ministry, Hosea was also preaching to the northern kingdom, while Isaiah was preaching to the southern kingdom. So you see, God did not just call one individual that we are reading about to preach his word. God had many prophets out going about telling of God. But the ones that we are reading about, they are also known as the writing gospel. I'm sorry, the writing prophets. 
Just because we have these set of prophets in the Bible, these aren't the only men that God sent. He sent hundreds. Hundreds. Did the people listen? You know the beautiful part is? God is still speaking. That's beautiful. If he is speaking to you today, listen to the truth of God's word. Chapter 1. Verse 2 reads, Listen, all you peoples. Pay attention, earth and everyone in it. The Lord God will be a witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. Micah begins to preach. And by definition, it is to proclaim, to call out, to cry unto the people. It's even, be, uh, it's even been understood that the word preach is like a, like a heralding, like a yelling. But the idea is what he did. He called out not just to his family members or immediate neighbors, but rather his message was, as verse 2 clearly states for us, to all you peoples, to all the known land and everyone on it. God's word is for everyone, for everyone to hear. God calls out not just to a few, he calls out to everyone. I'm sad to say that only a few respond to it. His message will first begin with all that is wrong with the people, complete with all the charges that the living God has against them, and by the end of his book will end with wonderful promises of restoration and blessing. From this one verse, we as men today can already learn the methods of the living God and how he begins to deal with each and every one of us as men on earth, as man on earth. That includes women, children. Anthropos is the Greek word for this particular man that I'm talking about. It's human, all man. As he has gone to extreme lengths, speaking of God, God has gone through extreme lengths to reach each and every one of us by sending first all of the prophets of old, and then finally by sending his son, Jesus. Verses 3 and 4. Look, the Lord is leaving his place and coming down to trample the heights of the earth. The mountains will melt beneath him and the valleys will split apart like wax near a fire, like water cascading down a mountainside. Now, Micah... He uses figurative speech to get the attention of his hearers. The Lord God of Israel has had enough of their rebellious dealings. Michael calls out, Micah calls out to all, like a butler making it known to all that the master of the house has arrived. He is even at the doorway coming in. Verses 5 through 7. All this will happen because of Jacob's rebellion and the sins of the house of Israel. And what is the rebellion of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? And what is the high place of Judah? Is it not Jerusalem? Micah predicts the fall and utter destruction of Samaria, which at this time was the capital city of the northern kingdom Israel. Remember, 
at this time the kingdom of Israel has been split which Jeroboam the first had set up for himself to which he also introduced the worship of Baal to the chosen people of God you can read about that in the book of the Kings chapter 12 the first book God did exactly what he said he would do Micah would live to see the destruction of Samaria the rubble of its destruction can still be seen today in Israel however it was Ahaz the king of Judah the southern kingdom that would encourage this worship of Baal that Jeroboam introduced to the people he established altars on the high places all throughout the southern kingdom of Judah whose capital city was Jerusalem when it reads there um, verse 6 therefore I will make Samaria a heap of ruins in the countryside a planting area for a vineyard I will roll her stones into the valley and expose and expose her foundations these are the stones that you can still see today its foundation was in fact dug up and expose her foundations all her carved images will be smashed to pieces all her wages will be burned in in the fire and I will destroy all her idols since she collected the wages of a prostitute they will be used again for a prostitute God did exactly what he said he would do Micah would live to see the destruction of Samaria the rubble of its destruction can still be seen today it was Ahaz the king of Judah that would encourage the worship of Baal in the southern kingdom establishing altars on the high places throughout Judah I want to make a point there as it reads throughout the Bible when it reads like that of a prostitute the Bible explains to us as men who we are to the Living God we are compared to as the church and the beautiful bride of Christ when we follow our own hearts as the people of Israel did do we begin to act like a prostitute like one with a rebellious nature trusting only themselves the Lord says to the people of Israel since you acted as a prostitute you will end as a prostitute verses 8 and 9 because of this I will lament Micah says I will lament and wail I will walk barefoot and naked I will howl like the jackals and mourn like ostriches for her wound is incurable and has reached even Judah it has approached my people's city gate as far as Jerusalem Micah mourns for the people not only to what has happened to them but also for what is about to happen to them as their Heavenly Father brings discipline upon them and judgment to their wicked deeds now verses 10 through 15 this is something but of a Hebrew understanding Micah is going to pronounce God's word to the people interestingly 
by using the definitions of the names of the towns surrounding his area. Two things I find interesting with that, and that is so many people who wish to do the work of the Lord, they want to travel halfway across the world to do it. When in fact, ministry begins in your own home, in your immediate surroundings. That's where ministry begins. If God has called you to the ministry, which means God has a message for the people and he will use you to pronounce that message. And most of the time, the message, most of the time, all of the time, the message is the proclamation of God's word. Sharing God's word within the surrounding area of where you are is what God has called us to do. All of us. That's why we're reading through God's Word, that we might hear the truth of it and share it with our surrounding neighbors. So, verses 10 through 15, he's going to be naming, uh, uh, using the, surround, the names of the surrounding towns, interestingly, to pronounce God's judgment upon them. Verses 10 through 15. I'm not sure if I'm going to just read those or... Let me do that. Let me read 10 through 15 and then go back and explain it and see uh, a different idea. See what you hear as you read through it. it was, it's fascinating. It reads this. Do not announce it to Gath. Do not weep at all. Roll in the dust in Beth Afra. Pass by in naked shame you inhabitants of Shafir. The inhabitant of Zanan does not go out. Beth Ezel mourns. Its place to stand is taken away from you. For the inhabitant of Moroth pinned for good, or pined for good. But disaster came down from the Lord to the gate of Jerusalem. O inhabitants of Lachish, Harness the chariot to the swift steeds. She was the beginning of sin to the daughter of Zion. For the transgressions of Israel were found in you. Verse 14. Therefore you shall give presents to Moresheth Gath. The house of Akzib shall be a lie to the kings of Israel. I will yet bring an heir to you, O inhabitant of Morsha. The glory of Israel shall come to Adullam. It almost sounds like a poem. It is. It's a Hebrew way of writing. But look, interestingly, its meanings. And come to see God's judgment upon the people. Here, in these verses, we are going to see how Micah speaks in relation to the poor and underprivileged people of his home territory. Micah will use the meanings of the names from the towns of his home territory to, to deliver God's message of judgment upon the land of Israel. Verse 10. Don't, or do not, announce it to Gath. Gath was one of the capital cities of Philistine, and Israel hated to have their enemies rejoicing over their misfortunes. So he would say, don't pronounce it to them. 
do not weep at all. Roll in the dust in Beth Afra. Now Beth Afra means house of dust. Roll yourself in the dust. Weep not at all, or weep not in weep town. Roll yourself in the dust, or in the dust town, roll yourself in the dust. In the town of dust, roll yourself in the dust. Shafir. Shafir means beautiful, and Zayanan means march. So, as he reads here, pass by in naked shame. That which is beautiful will be stripped. Do not go out. Do not march. The inhabitants of march did not march. There in verses 12 and 13, Meroth. The Meroth means the bitter springs, or it means bitterness. Lakish, it means horse or horse town. Now the KJV version, uh, version I'm sorry, the, um, the King James Version, I, I like the way it writes it. It writes, Waited carefully for good, but evil came down from the Lord unto the gate of Jerusalem. This would indicate the Assyrian army that came invade, that would come to invade this area. Lachish was one of the fortified cities, and it was taken in the Assyrian invasion. Lastly, there in verse 14, Akzib. Akzib means lies or deceitful. So it says, the house of lies will be a lie to the kings of Israel. Now, wasn't that fascinating? Again, God can use anything. He can use anyone to share what he has to say to us all. Now, verse 15 and 16, and we'll close. I will again bring a conqueror against you who live in Merishah. The nobility of Israel will come to Adullam Shave yourselves bald and cut off your hair in sorrow for your precious children. Make yourselves as bald as an eagle, for they have taken from you into exile. They've been taken from you into exile. A conqueror would descend on Israel due to their rebellion, and the people would flee to Adullam. Israel should shave its head bald. He's telling them ahead of time. Go ahead and do it. Shave their heads bald in mourning because it's precious, precious children. That is, the people would be taken from the land into captivity. Those that were not killed would be taken into captivity. Now, the people would shave their heads, letting their hair grow for 30 days. Then they would shave their heads again and offer it to the Lord by burning it as a sign of mourning. This is an action in Israel that is still performed today after the death of a loved one. The Assyrian army would come, take over the town, take over the, the nation of Israel, southern and 
northern. I, I'm sorry, the southern nation of Israel, Judah, would not be taken over. They could not do it. But Israel, Samaria, would be taken over, destroyed, and its people would in fact be taken to um, Assyria, Babylon. That will end our reading together today, and we'll get together next time, continuing further, chapter 2.